Hello, everyone, and welcome back. We are the Lib Slayers, Tony and Clem. Our mission, as always, is to bring global awareness to the general public while exposing the legacy media and its demonic globalist overlords. How are you doing today, Clem? Uh, could not be better, Tony. Well, last episode, Clem, we had Mike on the mic coming in and breaking down the 2008 election and how it ushered in the co-presidency of Obama and Hillary Clinton, detailing that the validity to the birth certificate controversy had to have had some origins in truth, being that Hillary was able to slide into the Secretary of State office after knowing that she was going to lose to the more uh, charismatic Obama. We go on further into Trump winning an obviously rigged election and going into some of the characters that were involved in this current crime, I mean, there's no other way to put it, of treason against a sitting president. But there's names that we've been hearing throughout the news media that if some people are just hearing these names and not understanding fully who these people were and what their involvement was. Names like Bruce Orr and his wife, Nellie Orr, Andrew McKay, Bill Presap, companies known as Fusion GPS, FBI agents Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, men like James Baker, all having roles in this crisis we're really in now uh, with the Department of Justice and the FBI being weaponized by the Obama administration to attack a presidential-elect and then sitting president. Anything you want to touch on Clem before or on the recap of last show before we get Mike on the mic back here to to continue down the rabbit hole Uh, negative Tony I think you nailed the recap pretty good Uh, I can tell you that I'm just I'm really looking forward to Mike's update and uh, getting into some of these details about who these people are and and what their connections really are outstanding and uh, without further ado Mike on the mic is back to uh, like I said once again continue his narrative of why is everything that is happening happening and who are these people involved so mike take it away the floor is yours uh when you started out you said that uh, it was a rigged election yeah it was rigged in fact it was rigged against donald trump just to put that in perspective he still won despite both parties essentially being against him so we got to look at the facts there's a ton of quote-unquote Republicans that wanted nothing to do with Donald Trump. So you've got to imagine how many, um, how many Democrats he actually ended up having to swing. It's just it's an amazing story in itself that he even got elected. But let's get back to these coup plotters who uh, I kind of mentioned last time that I have no doubt uh, had Trump lost, he was going to be prosecuted for the hacking of Hillary's emails. I mean, it was already, they already had, they didn't let the FBI look at the uh, server itself. They had this group called CrowdStrike, which, interestingly enough, it's a computer analyst company, and uh, Jim James Comey's brother also happens to work for it. But yeah, that's who the DNC had to look at their um, hacked emails. So I believe they were going to set up Trump, essentially frame him. They had everything in the. I mean, it started back in April that they were going to frame him for this, um, or anything that happened to come along along the way, and. I think he'd either be already dead or he'd for sure be on trial of facing a lengthy prison sentence. But let's get to where we're at now and how we essentially have the Democrats on the back footing because they are, in fact, under investigation and it's not publicized like the uh, 
you know, Trump-Russian collusion story because everybody's kind of head faked by it. Um, but there's another investigation going on right now. It's going on by the Inspector General Horowitz. He's actually an Obama appointee. When did that, uh, Mike, stop it. When did that actual IG investigation start? Um, it began, interestingly enough, um, after they appointed the special counsel of Robert Mueller by Rod Rosenstein. <clears throat> in fact, the Democrats in the House uh, demanded that there be an inspector general. Uh, and again, this is the establishment Democrats, and it kind of goes off what I started with last week, that we really need to thank the establishment Democrats for helping to save the country. And again, not because they wanted to, but because of their what their moves did is so backfired on them that it ended up did, did saving the, uh, is saving the country or in the process of it. We'll see if it, it comes to complete fruition. But yeah, they demanded this inspector general look after the investigation into Trump because they thought that the FBI had been unfair to Hillary, even though they swept under the rug numerous felony charges uh, for her legal server, the passing of classified information over um, unprotected lines and gave everybody that was around her immunity. They didn't record the conversations and nothing happened to anybody. When Michael Flynn supposedly gets a word wrong in an uh, interview with two FBI agents that isn't recorded, he, he, had, he misremembers something and he's already been quote-unquote convicted because he pled guilty, but we'll see where that... There, there's uh, been some develops, developments in that, so we're going to see... Uh, hey, Mike, i got a quick out. question for you. Um, sure. What was the what was the proximity of the IG report beginning uh, and the and the special counsel beginning? I know the special counsel was named shortly after uh, Comey was fired, but where does that all occur in proximity to uh, the Michael Flynn interview? Well, the Michael Flynn interview was actually done. Um, it was a complete setup. The Michael Flynn interview happened in January, and this is right after Trump's elected in November. They're in the, you know, it's the process of getting your cabinet and everything ready. But again, Trump is notified on November 16th that he's being spied on, essentially, or he was spied on. But Michael Flynn, I want to say it was January. It was almost maybe a week within Trump about to take, about to become sworn in. Flynn gets two FBI agents. We're guessing it's Bill Priestap and Peter Strzok. These are most likely the two agents who interviewed Flynn. And in fact, and Comey admitted this when he was when, uh, during one of his testimonies before Congress. I think it was behind closed doors, but it, someone let it uh, slip out that Comey said that the two agents didn't think that Flynn was lying. So again, so this this whole controversy why Flynn is even in the predicament he's in is because these 302s, which is essentially the FBI, which I cannot believe, they don't do um, recorded interviews. They just interview you, and they write everything down on a quote-unquote three-and-two paper. I mean, to just to point to you know everyone listening, the event that actually got Michael Flynn to plead guilty, I mean, this is the actual scenario. They're asking him to recount conversations from I mean, think about this if this was you sitting in front of an FBI agent who has recorded conversations unbeknownst to you, asking you to basically remember every single word that you've ever had in a conversation. So six months ago, they're asking what you had for dinner, and you're thinking, oh, I had chicken. And they're like, well, no, actually, you had pork chops, so you just lied to the FBI. I mean, it's basically the equivalent of that. Would you say that, Mike? Yeah, you could. (laughs) 
Yeah, absolutely. That's what I would say. Yes. Well, but, let I mean, me, the conversation was. Michael, let me make sure I understand this. So, <clears throat> before President Trump is even sworn in, the FBI is investigating his team, but there is no special counsel appointment yet, and there is no IG Inspector General investigation going on into the shenanigans concerning Hillary Clinton and all that. Uh, what prompted the FBI to even be of even zeroing in on Flynn in the first place, if none of these other special counsel investigations, et cetera, have even been uh, started? Well, you got to, with Flynn, you kind of got to look into it from a personal aspect. He was in the Obama administration. Flynn very famously came out and wrote an op-ed basically saying how we funded ISIS by letting the Saudis fund them and uh, turning a blind eye as they made a rampage through western Iraq. We did nothing to stop it. He got he got essentially kicked out of the uh, administration for that. And then there's another personal aspect with it, with McCabe. There's a woman, former FBI agent, the name escapes me at this point, but actually she just went on a Twitter rant a couple days ago explaining exactly what McCabe did to her. She tried to file a complaint because she was getting harassed by a couple of guys. This woman has counterintelligence, bona fides. She was, she's been all over the world. She's a legit agent, and she's like a terrorist tracker. And she was getting harassed by a couple agents, and she tried to take it to McCabe, and he basically told her to just forget about it. And she said, well, this is my immediate supervisor is telling me to forget about it. I don't want to forget about it. So she filed a report, and I guess McCabe took it personally. He ended up turning everything around in her, and she gets fired. And then Flynn writes a letter of recommendation for her after she's fired, saying this shouldn't be happening. And obviously McCabe, <laughs> obviously McCabe remembered that one. So there's you're a, there's, the there's genesis there's... of the of the of the investigation into Flynn himself pre-special counsel investigation, pre-IG report investigation uh, could have just been the FBI going after Flynn at the behest of Obama and maybe even McCabe himself to kind of settle some some personal scores? Absolutely. I would say they targeted Flynn 100% for those reasons. They wanted it. They both had an axe to grind with him. And supposedly Obama told Trump to stay away from Flynn, so Trump didn't listen. And that was their target. He supposedly had a conversation. I mean, this, they're they're in the transition. They can they're ambassadors. He's going to be the uh, director. What is he going to be NSA, right? National Security Advisor. <clears throat> it's not out of the world for him to talk to a Russian counterpart or a Chinese counterpart or a Saudi counterpart in the you know in the weeks or the month or two before. Trump's inaugurated. You know, you can't just start on day one. You got to have things ready to go. So they catch him in this conversation. And again, at the time, even Comey admitted this under testimony. He said the agents didn't think he lied. So if they told Comey this, and I don't, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. By the way, but the and the judge that listened in uh, to this to this case that the FBI was taking against Michael Flynn, who was he and, and who is he connected to? I I believe you're talking about Mr. Contreras. He, um, they've just released text messages today, in fact, uh, essentially confirming Peter Strzok knew who Rudy Contreras was, their buddies, you know, Lisa Page texted, oh, Rudy's on the, uh, you know, FISA court, like that, with an exclamation point. Maybe we're going to be able to uh, use him in the future, and it looks like they definitely did. You know, and again, this kind of goes with, we're kind of fast-forwarding, but, okay, Flynn pleads guilty I want to say it's December 1st. 
of 2017. Immediately you have the fake news where it's a huge story. Brian Ross, he comes out exclusive. Um, and this guy, Brian Ross, has been around for a long time. I'm guessing he's not getting faked out by a nobody. Um, I, I'm guessing he knows somebody or many people in the intelligence community, so he felt he had the goods to go with. And he said Michael Flynn has agreed to testify against Trump and say that before he was elected, he told him to make contact with the Russians. It's a complete lie, total fake news. Everybody falls for it. Joy Behar's rejoicing. It's a hilarious video on the Internet if you want to look at it. Yeah, the, the, the harpies on The View thinking they actually have accomplished something and uh, just another victim of the fake news. And just for technical purposes here, had Trump instructed Mike Flynn to make contact with Russian officials ahead of the election itself, I mean, what what exactly would have been the problem with that? I don't think it's technically illegal. I think you could maybe get him for, there's this uh, obscure law called the Logan Act. It's tar- yeah, that nobody has no Logan Act. That's, that's usually wartime. Yeah, no one's, ever been, right. no one's ever been convicted of it, so there's... It's technically not illegal. There's no, there's no legal. It's just like the Donald Trump Jr. meeting. There's nothing illegal about it. Yeah, the media can spin and say, oh, my God, it looks terrible. You know, even though that lawyer herself is meeting with Fusion GPS the day before and Fusion GPS the day after, confirmed, factual. This, that's why I'm saying this. Well, I mean, so what it seems to me you're pointing to and what I'm kind of getting out of it is is the, the misdirection of the truth i.e. the fake news that this ABC reporter put out saying that Flynn was going to testify, blah, blah, blah. I mean, this is just another, another nugget that's going into the social consciousness here to convince enough people that, oh, my God, Trump actually did collude with the Russians in order to rig the election against Hillary Clinton. It's all just a perception game that they're putting. Yeah. I mean, there's no legal you know, ramification for anything these people did, so they're just trying to do it. They're just trying to put out a talking point that doesn't matter if it's completely, uh, over, you know, proven to be false. As long as it's out there, like you see these things happen, that the fake news will put out a tweet or something, and it'll be retweeted thirty thousand times. And then when they put the retraction out, it's you know retweeted two hundred times. I mean, so the damage is done. The the the, the false narratives put out, and that's all they care about. They care less if it's factual. And if I remember it, I'll back up here a second, Mike. If I remember right, uh, in the last conversation we had, it basically came down to if they could if they could make all this work, great. But the underlying motivation for Team Obama and all those involved and the people that you're going to be talking about here in a few minutes, the real motivation they had was to cover up their own crimes of unlawfully spying against an American during the election. Uh, and trying to rig it against Donald Trump. Was that correct? Yeah, absolutely. They were. They had to have been in complete panic mode the night that Hillary lost. I mean, first of all, no one thought she was going to lose. They had just committed a bunch of blatant crimes, and they had to know that <laughs> their, their feet's probably about to be put on the fire. That's why they jumped into gear, and they, they got that stuff on Flynn pretty quick. I mean, you also got to look at it. Uh, maybe was it almost Trump's intention when he first gets in uh, the first thing he does is he goes after what the, the immigration stuff, right? He signs an executive order, and people would say that's crazy, but but think about it from this kind of Machiavellian point of view. He was literally smoking out all of his enemies 
every person that came to resist Sally Yates, who was the acting, she was an acting official. She said she's not going to force it. Boom, he got to fire. I mean, it was just all these people that he knew for sure were his enemies. He smoked them out within a week when he brought up the, uh, the immigration executive order and all these judges and the politicians at back. He fired a bunch of people after that. So, But getting back to where we were, um, how he was actually illegally spied on, it's, it's one of the most... It's in fact, it's in American history that we know of. It's the most unbelievable uh, coup plot that's ever been attempted, besides the Kennedy assassination, Lincoln assassination. We're not talking about assassinations, but just sheer boldness of these people. So let's go through the names. And these five people I'm naming, I believe, I'm not going to say I came up with this, but there are many believe they are, they're actually in cooperation with this Inspector General investigation. These names are Bill Priestap, who was the Director of Counterintelligence under Obama, Peter Strzok, which was his Deputy Director, Lisa Page, which is a DOJ lawyer, Bruce Orr, who's also the Department of Justice, and James Baker, who is also DOJ lawyer. Many have suspected that Bill Priestap is the first one. Once Trump's elected, uh, like I said, people had to have been in absolute panic mode. I mean, this is that's why they tried every every attempt possible. Immediately, there was a you know they were telling the delegates not to vote for him, and then they come up with a scheme somehow where they can. I mean, they were trying every attempt to keep him out of uh, before he got inaugurated because they were desperate. They had. <laughs> That's their only option. But you got to look at it. The, the wheels of justice turn slow, and a lie, what do they say, a lie can get around the world three times before the truth finally follows it, because it, it's going to come out. I mean, and why I say this is because you just, you have to look at what we know already. I mean, Michael Flynn pleads guilty December 1st, 2017, I believe, to uh, supposedly lying to the FBI. Uh, these 302s, even though... Again, James, James Comey said that the guys who interviewed Flynn didn't believe he's lying. So now you almost, so if the 302s say what Jim Comey says they said, it shouldn't say that there's a lie. If they don't believe he's lying, it does Andy McCabe go in, who's the assistant director of the FBI, does he go in? Is he the one who changes the 302s? Again, this is, this is what we're going to end up finding out and we're going to find out. Um, because this Inspector General Horowitz, who uh, ironically was appointed by Obama, was completely kneecapped by his Department of Justice. They, I want to say he even signed an, an executive order uh, that said an Inspector General is not necessary, which is completely insane. It just allows them to run wild. It allows them to ask for as many FISA and maskings until you know April 16th when uh, Mike Rogers stops that and they have to go the legal route and they get themselves in trouble. This is, it's almost like a plan that was so evil, so devious, that it was just destined for them to not make it happen. And just all their, all their worst fears are about to, about to come to fruition. Um, and what the amazing part of all of this is, is just the utter arrogance of these people because they thoroughly documented their crimes by using government computers and phones. 
I mean, and these are people that, especially Strzok, that were extremely well aware how intelligence is gathered, how all these things, you know, how these, you know, conversations are required, how everything could be pulled up at a later date. I mean, that goes to show you how in the bag they thought the election was and how after the fact that they thought they were still going to be able to pull off this coup, that they had it all on government-issued uh, equipment. I mean, that's, that's what truly blew me away about all this, is these people weren't even trying to hide these things until the very end when they, apparently uh, Paige had finally had enough of Strzok and tried to break off their little uh, liaison, and she said, no more, please you know, don't contact me anymore. I mean, it was already done by then. Yeah, I'm, there's there's some people that speculate that the whole idea that they were even having an affair is a complete smokescreen for the reason why they contact each other so much. It's not over an affair. It's because they were literally <laughs> attempting a coup um, or to frame Donald Trump, one of the two. Uh, you bring, bring up a great point. Why were they so reckless? One of it obviously has to be the arrogance. They just they thought, eh, there's no way he's going to win. Um, but also, I, I believe in a couple of the text messages, it, it did kind of suggest that they thought they were using an app which immediately deleted the text messages they were sending, uh, which obviously it doesn't. And then what you're referring to, that text message, I believe she found out that the app doesn't work <laughs> at that point. And she said, don't contact me anymore. Um, Good Lord. So yeah, they, it's unbelievable. But that's what they did. So they... Uh, it was, yeah, uh, Peter Strzok and uh, Lisa Page. They were definitely the uh, main part of the coup. But I think the first person who flips has got to be Bill Priestap because he's still in the FBI and he's still in the exact position he was um, when Trump took over. So he's one of the few guys that's there before Trump and after Trump. You've got to ask yourself why. about him these days either. Oh, you don't hear him at all. Uh, it's been more than alluded to that he's the main guy. I think he probably was smart and knew their goose was cooked. And if you even look at look back at some of James Comey's tweets, they're they're pretty crazy. Uh, but one of them definitely he makes a reference to like rats and uh, different people in the FBI because he's saying basically was sticking up for McCabe because McCabe hasn't flipped yet. That's why he's about to get fired. Um, we'll see what happens. Although he said. It's supposed there's a quote out there. There's a bunch of unbelievable quotes about McCabe out there. The first one is um, after Trump was elected and before he's inaugurated, supposedly McCabe in front of like a bunch of other FBI agents said, first we F Flynn, only he said the full word, and, and he said, and then we F Trump. And, he's, and supposedly there was a white hat in there, obviously, that uh, relayed this conversation, but he said most of the people in there cheered when he said that. So... And then the other thing uh, that McCabe said was uh, after he said, first we F him, then we F Trump. He also, and this was actually recorded in a book that was written by uh, Reince Priebus. I know the, the first uh, Trump chief of staff that was fired, Republican, uh, old blue blood there. Um, but he, re he wrote in a book that, and this is how devious these people are. McCabe, supposedly, this is after Trump's inaugurated. McCabe's still deputy director, FBI. James Comey's still the FBI director. Supposedly, McCabe goes up to Priebus. With, you know, Priebus didn't ask him to say this, but he said, hey, man, you know that whole, that whole dossier stuff is all BS. 
He's like, oh, really? He's like, yeah, man, it's BS. He goes, wow, you know, hey, you know, we're getting a lot of flack with this. He's like, do you think you could make a, fa- a phone call to a newspaper or something and, you know, just kind of say, hey, like, this is BS, you know, like, you, you're telling me this. And, it, and McCabe's like, well, you know, I'll see what I can do. The next day, it's leaked into the paper that Ryan Priebus is trying to strong-arm yeah. FBI people. I mean, it's just what they did. I mean, we had an ongoing coup um, after Trump's elected. I mean, that's how unbelievable this is. So that, that even that conversation with Reince Priebus was essentially a setup to, to try to get him, quote, on the record, as, as trying to ask favors of the FBI to make this, quote, collusion story go away. Absolutely. And it was just to further the collusion story. It's uh, very devious. Yeah, because there. why would Reince Priebus be asking anybody to, to shelf this thing if they didn't have something to hide? Absolutely. And Reince Priebus had no idea. The McCabe came up to him and told him, he's like, oh, why don't you, you know, maybe say that to the, write a letter or something saying, he's like, well, <laughs> and then he leaks to the papers, no, this guy's trying to force me to do it. It's, I mean, you could tell they were desperate. I mean. Well, to go on McCabe for a second, you said that he's about to be fired. Uh, I've been watching this kind of in the headlines that I guess he's nearing uh, retirement. If he If he scores the retirement date, then he's officially out of reach and can't be fired. If he's fired before he hits retirement, then he loses his pension. But what was it that caused him to be relieved? Has that been brought to light? And what is it that's under review that they're going to decide whether or not they're going to fire him? Yeah, they remember the uh, Republican memo that was released, um, basically their findings back in January. And the FBI tried to stop it. And they said, oh, there's going to be massacres. And actually, there has been since then. But yeah, they were freaking out saying it's going to end the FBI, this and that, and the Republicans released a memo, and it basically showed in there that Andy McCabe lied on numerous occasions. He also illegally told people to leak to the press, and he also allowed information to be spread to third-party groups like uh, that are not affiliated with the government uh, to seek classified information that has to do with like Fusion GPS. He had a numerous things he was going to get fired for, or he should be fired for, um, people are talking about his pension. I'm not sure firing him even is going to matter for him because he's not going to, you don't need to fire him because he's not going to get his pension because he's probably going to be, I mean, there's a good chance he could be arrested. We've no, it's like we know he committed crimes. I think the last thing he's going to be worrying about is his pension. You know, what these people say, were doing wasn't just or simply trying to influence things in a way that they saw benefit of. I mean, they were actually going out you're talking about high-level people, high-level executives uh, within the executive branch at the FBI and Department of Justice, and they're actually committing crimes. I mean, it's not just trying to win the day, but they're actually seeing that they can't win the day <clears throat> on the day's merits by itself. They have to go out and actually break laws to make this stuff happen. Absolutely. The, For sure. The Think about it. Think about this guy, Andy McCabe. Now, he was, he was uh, referred to Trump you know, to take on as the acting director. This guy is in every day sitting in meetings with the president, you know, talking about this Russia collusion scandal, basically trying to reassure the president that everything's going to be taken care of. We know, we know you haven't done anything. All the while, this guy's quarterbacking the actual coup. I mean, it's unbelievable. So he's to trying to disarm that that... Trump on a daily basis, pat him on the back and smile while his cohorts are coming up behind him with the knives. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, you can't make this up. It's pretty incredible. I got to admit, this is pretty freaking incredible. Yeah, unprecedented is a word that you could use. 
It almost doesn't another, seem to, to be strong enough. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. It's beyond that. It's mind-blowing. Um, mind-blowing. How deep shit yes. these people are in. Oh, I mean, you got to look at it again. So you got to ask yourself, okay, Flynn pleads guilty, and then four days later, you know, first of all, Flynn pleads guilty, you have this ridiculous leak, which I'm sure someone from Euler's team either got burned or because the only way anybody could have, the only way that guy from ABC goes with that leak is if he knows someone's at least got a connection into the investigation. So you either have bad leaks coming from the investigation on purpose, looking to burn somebody, and maybe they did get burned. Um, but that, that's, I just, I can't, I'm looking at these leaks like people are getting burned on the internet. These I mean, this guy leaks. is not a cub reporter from the San Antonio Sun Star or whatever. Absolutely, right. on the Little League scores, and he just got a couple of the scores wrong. Right. It's probably the most it's, important story this dude's ever reported on in all reality. It's one of them. I mean, he's been around for a long time, but so the leak happens. But then three days later, you get these text messages. So this is, to me, um, looking at the whole Trump presidency, it was very perilous up until the Peter Strzok and Lisa Page text messages come out because then nothing is deniable. It's in writing. You see exactly what they said, and it's pretty damning. They, that's when you see the insurance policy and literally saying, I like, I like what you said in Andy, talking about Andy McCabe's office, how he can't get elected, but we can't take that chance. So it's like an insurance policy, or life insurance policy, in the event you die before you're 40. And that's I'm essentially paraphrasing. That's what Peter Strzok texts to Lisa Page. An insurance policy. So now you're, <laughs> they immediately just blew up. Whoever leaked that, again, you've got to think, like, these text messages don't just come from the ether. Somebody has gone through thousands of text messages, found these text messages, and are now disseminating them to the public. Okay, Mike, I'm going to stop you right there because we are running out of time on this episode of Lib Slayers. Uh, thanks again to my partner, Clem, uh, and also Mike on the mic for bringing the intel on this Gordian knot of connections and, and devious actions by these people uh, prior to the election of Donald Trump. There is more to get into on the next episode, so stay tuned um, and keep up the fight with us. And I will end this with a quote from Samuel Adams, we shall never be abandoned by heaven while we act worthy of its aid and protection. God bless you and God bless America.